Welcome to episode 27 of China in Context. I'm Duncan Bartlett. North Korea receives the worst press of any country in the world. Reports in the English language media are full of horror stories about the brutality of its regime, and it's often claimed that it's making a stubborn effort to provoke the Third World War by attacking America with nuclear weapons. Yet within China, the tone is quite different. State media is rarely critical of its belligerent neighbour. Newspapers and websites don't portray North Korea's authoritarian leader Kim Jong-un as a tyrant or as a threat, but as a friend. In fact, when Chinese people hear about North Korea, they're often presented with uplifting accounts of the Korean War 70 years ago, when Chinese soldiers joined Korean communists in the battle against the Americans. In official Chinese propaganda outlets, the message is that China and North Korea should continue to stand together as a challenge to the hegemony of the United States. In reality, the relationship between China and North Korea is far from being one of mutual admiration and support. Many Chinese regard North Korea as a thorn in the side, and Kim Jong-un often acts against China's interests. Well, today on China in Context, I'm joined by a great guest, to talk about how the North Korean issue affects China's international relations, not just on the Korean peninsula, but also with other countries, including America. I'm very pleased to welcome back Dr. Edward Howell from Oxford University. Dr. Howell is the stipendary lecturer in politics at New College, Oxford. He's an expert on North Korea and also knows a great deal about China. Welcome back. Edward, I know we're primarily here to talk about China, but can I please start by asking a question about the United States? When Donald Trump was in the White House, we often heard news of how things were going between the US and North Korea because he used Twitter to update us on his conversations with Kim Jong-un. Now, we don't get that with Joe Biden. So what's your understanding now? Is there a dialogue between North Korea and the United States? Thank you. So the Biden administration has recently concluded its US-North Korea policy review. We do not know very much detail about it, except for the fact that the Biden administration's policy approach is, as Biden himself put it, one of diplomacy and stern deterrence. The US administration now has said that they are willing to talk with North Korea but also that their ultimate aim remains the denuclearization of North Korea. So what does this mean? At present, there is no ongoing high-level dialogue between North Korea and the US, and Biden himself has made clear, as he did from his pre-election campaign, that he is unwilling to talk to Kim Jong-un to the same extent that his predecessor, was willing to do so. Attempts by the US to engage in back-channel dialogue with North Korea have, in fact, been rebuffed by North Korea. So in terms of what may happen in the future, it doesn't just depend on the US's policy and approach, but also on North Korea's response. The Biden administration's North Korea policy team comprises 
a great number of veteran and highly experienced negotiators and diplomats who have negotiated with North Korea in the past. We will have to wait and see as to how Pyongyang responds over time. So you're saying then that the Americans are prepared to have dialogue, but perhaps not at a high level with North Korea. What about the expectation that North Koreans have? Are they hoping that there's going to be a summit? The expectation of the North Korean regime, from what we hear from the regime, is that the US must abandon any form of hostility towards Pyongyang, conceptualized in very broad terms, before North Korea comes to the negotiating table. More realistically, North Korea wants the easing of sanctions, unilateral sanctions, but also multilateral, the latter referring to UN sanctions. And it seems likely that unless Washington makes a move in terms of sanctions easing, suspension of US-South Korean military exercises, North Korea is unlikely to respond immediately, particularly given the pressing domestic economic concerns faced by the North Korean regime at this current time. So when I listen to experts on the line from Washington, they often tell me that the American people are fed up with getting caught up in foreign wars, They're tired of having to keep the peace in Asia. And Mr. Biden seems much more inclined to negotiate than fight in in a lot of situations. Where does that leave the situation with North Korea, do you think? Well, Biden has made clear that he is prioritizing alliances, something that um, his predecessor um, eschewed from. Biden made clear to South Korean President Moon Jae-in that he would seek to uphold the US-South Korean alliance. Yes, economically, but also politically. Remember that in the Obama administration, when Biden was vice president, we saw Obama engage in a pivot to Asia, a refocus of US attention to the Asian region. At present, We're seeing increasing emphasis on the Indo-Pacific as a region. We're seeing the Biden administration call for strengthening of ties with its allies of Japan and South Korea, as was reflected in the statement of the Quad, particularly strengthening US alliances in East Asia against China. So with regards to North Korea, it seems unlikely that there will be any high-level dialogue anytime soon, unless Washington or Pyongyang make the first move. Sounds like a bit of a stalemate. Um, Let's bring the conversation back to China then. Do you think China's diplomats are of the view that although the US is prepared to talk tough on North Korea, basically, Mr. Biden, like Trump, is going to have to go along with accepting what the North Koreans are doing in terms of their weapons program in terms of human rights, because there's no realistic alternative. I think from China's perspective, this leads us to the question of what does China want with respect to the Korean Peninsula? China, like any other state, knows that as time goes by, as North Korea continues to develop missile and nuclear capabilities, 
the number of policy options on the part of the international community, not least the US, to deal with North Korea becomes smaller. And so from China's perspective, whilst it wants a non-nuclear Korean peninsula, denuclearized North Korea, China seems reasonably tolerant of the status quo, so long as it does not have any adverse implications on China and China's status and posture. Since the start of 2021, I've watched the US representatives touring Asia, hosting meetings. They're trying to get a consensus on North Korea, and that means trying to bring together the South Koreans and the Japanese. Not an easy task. How does China view that process? China does not want to be marginalized in a situation involving the Korean Peninsula. And in my view, China is concerned and trying to avoid being left out of any future agreement or deal involving North Korea. After all, China was a party and a signatory to the armistice agreement that ended the Korean War. At the 100th anniversary of the Chinese Communist Party, only a few days ago, Xi Jinping said quite clearly that China would not tolerate sanctimonious preaching or bullying from foreign forces. And so China does not want the US alliance system in East Asia to turn into an anti-China alliance system. Edward, I'd like to put a theory to you about China and North Korea. It's one I've heard discussed at meetings. I've read it in the media. The theory goes like this. The Chinese are using North Korea as a kind of card in a game of great power competition with the United States. It said that China's not really committed to solving the problems with North Korea because it regards it as a foil against America. What's your take on that? I think this relates to the bigger question of what are China's goals regarding North Korea? The first is stability. Stability on the peninsula because China's ultimate fear is that any conflict will catalyze an influx of North Korean refugees across the border. That is China's nightmare situation. Secondly, though, we have seen China call for a peace treaty to end the Korean War. And again, this seems to be a response to China's desire to maintain its interests vis-a-vis the US, simply because China was a signatory to the armistice agreement, as was the UN command. The UN command signed the armistice agreement on behalf of the US and South Korea. China hopes that eventually with a peace treaty and the abolition of the UN command, that actually China can play a more active role regarding the Korean Peninsula, and doing so will catalyze the removal of US troops from South Korea. This leads us to my second point, 
which is that China does not want a unified Korean peninsula under South Korean control. A divided peninsula is much more preferable to China's interests, not least because of North Korea as this buffer state. So we've got to remember here that China has its own relations with North Korea, stemming historically, but also the Korean Peninsula is part and parcel of China's broader relations with the United States. Lastly, without going too um, off the topic here, I, I do want to bring in something which I think might have relevance to this issue about North Korea and denuclearization, and that's Iran. Because under Donald Trump, the US withdrew from an agreement, an international deal aimed at uh, preventing Iran from developing nuclear weapons. Does that have any bearing on the situation in North Korea, do you think? The US withdrawal from the JCPOA and the very presence of the JCPOA from the outset has led to questions about whether a similar Iran-esque deal is possible with North Korea. It is one possible situation, but the situation on the Korean Peninsula is so unique that, yes, North Korea, like Iran, is a rogue nuclear state. It has developed nuclear weapons um, counter to its position with respect to the non-proliferation regime. And yes, the US withdrawal from the JCPOA has led to observers asking whether an Iran-style deal is possible in terms of North Korea. I think it is too early to make that call just yet because of the lack of progress on the North Korean nuclear issue. But it does lead to a fundamental point, which is whether a key question in terms of how we understand the North Korean nuclear issue relates to the reduction of threat rather than complete denuclearization. If complete denuclearization and nuclear disarmament is unrealistic. Well, thank you, Edward. That was Dr. Edward Howell, politics lecturer from New College, Oxford. This podcast is produced by the SOAS China Institute, and you can find out more about our activities, including our latest courses and research, on our website, which is soas.ac.uk. Alternatively, you can type SOAS China Institute into a search engine, and you should be able to find us quite quickly. But until next time, that's all from us here on the China in Context podcast team.